Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To Ladies Talking Leafs, Season 4, Episode Number 1. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. It's October, and that means that the NHL's regular season is just about ready to get going, and it's going to be the 106th season of Toronto Maple Leaf Hockey. And obviously, none of us know what this season is going to bring out, but uh, bring out for my Leafs, but we always have hope. That's why everybody loves Leafs Nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. We always have to keep that hope alive. Um, A couple of quick notes from the organization off the ice. Uh, uh, In-game PA announcer Mike Ross uh, is returning for his seventh season and organist Jimmy Holmstrom is entering his 36th season uh, as the Leafs organist, which goes back to the days of Harold Ballard. Yeah. So we were listening, me and Syl were listening to uh, Jimmy Holmstrom at the organ at Maple Leaf Gardens many nights. And a funny story I read from Lance Hornby of the Toronto Sun that said Ballard actually had a direct line to the loft where Holmstrom played. And he used to call him regularly to complain about the music. Um, Holmstrom said that he was so scared every time he phoned until assistant GM Gord Stellick told him to just don't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm thinking to myself, how does he, I mean, back then you didn't know who's calling. Obviously they didn't have caller ID yeah. or anything, Yeah. but I guess maybe he was the only one. Harold Ballard was the only one to have that connection, that phone connection. Or at <laughs> least who would have the nerve to call in game True. To, to complain, right? Yeah. Anyway, back <laughs> to the ice. Uh, there's only one rule change that the fans should take note of for this season, and that is that referees will now be able to call back a major penalty after a video review. Yeah. Uh, I I don't even like, is this necessary? Like, was there, I don't even know what ha- prompted the, this, this change. I don't know, but I just thought to myself, I just hope it doesn't add like another 20 minutes to the game while they review this again like Mm -hmm. like i don't know but i guess if they get the if they get it right i guess it helps but it's very annoying when you're whether you're at home sitting on your couch waiting i mean i guess you could go to the fridge and get your drink whatever whatever. whereas if you're at the game it's kind of different when you're Mm -hmm. sitting there waiting and yeah yeah, of course it's also really annoying when the call ends up um adversely affecting your team. But anyways, that's another thing. And one last bit of news uh, that we got is going into the uh, NHL season. Our friend, Phil Kessel, 
Hill, mm-hmm. who, who's now with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, is seven games from matching Keith Yandel for the league's longest Ironman streak going. Uh, I guess he had 989 games as uh, Keith Yandel is at. And then so Phil can match the record when Vegas, when Vegas visits the Leafs on November the 8th, which Isn't I had a good laugh at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, his contract is going to finally be off the Leafs books too, which is is extra good news. So now it's time to get into the show. And we're going to start off with a special Leaf Talk segment with our guest, Mike Ogello. And then we're going to do a Ladies Talking Leafs update where we're, we're, we're going to let you know uh, what we're working on for this upcoming season of our show. And for the third period, we're going to have some fun with a segment of rapid fire questions about the Leafs upcoming season. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. So for our Leaf Talk segment, we want to welcome to the show our guest, Mike Agello. We had Mike on the show back in June, and uh, back then we were, we were going into a long off-season. But here we are, only a week away or so from opening night. Yeah, so a little bit about Mike, uh, just to refresh your memory. He covers the Leafs and the NHL as a reporter and does a podcast with HockeyBuzz.com. He's also a co-host of Off... The po- off the Post Radio and the Leafs Convo, and he is a writer for Full Press Hockey. Uh, some of our listeners will also remember Mike as a regular caller post game on AM six forty with Andy Frost, where he was known as Mike in Buffalo. Welcome to the show, Mike. You can't get rid of me. How, how you doing? No, we we don't want to <laughs> get rid of good, you. Good, good, good. <laughs> how are you? We really, no, thank we you. really no, no. appreciate, appreciate you coming that. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> It, yes, that's much, much appreciated, and we'll, we'll be doing uh, an occasional. Um, uh, well, not I can't. What, what did I call it? Oh no, I call it Leaf Talk. It was, it was my homage <laughs> to Andy Frost. So on Twitter Spaces, and I'll have, have you ladies on uh, as much as you want to be on. But I'm going to do that uh, as as yeah. much as I can during the season. But it's a pleasure to be with you, and it's a pleasure that the season yes. is getting yeah, lots to close. talk about there. So to mm-hmm. start off, mm. we just want to get your thoughts on the Leaf training camp so far. So. Have any players stood out that, mm. um, like from from what you've seen there at the practice facility and at uh, the Ford Perf- Performance Center? Anybody different? <laughs> well, I, I, you have you have to you have to be we have to be careful about this because last year, if you remember, the guy who was the most impressive at training camp was Peter Morazic. Peter Morazic was great in the games in the preseason. And then he got hurt in the second game, and then it went downhill from there. So I take everything with a grain of salt. But in terms of, um, you know, who's made good first impressions, I mean, both goaltenders, goaltenders I think, have, have, have done so. And, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. See, unlike a lot of people, I was all in favor of saying goodbye to Jack Campbell. Not because I didn't like him. But because he was an inconsistent goaltender, he had injury issues. Last year, he was the best goaltender, arguably, in the first two months of the regular season. And then he was a below 900 save percentage. And I didn't think he really came up big. He wasn't responsible for the loss against Tampa, but I didn't think he came up big. And 
I, yeah. I wasn't going to pay if I, if I was a general manager, if I was an organization, I'm not paying him five million bucks. I understand why Edmonton did because their goaltending was hideous, and he's an upgrade. But the goaltenders, Murray and Samsonov, have made good first impressions. Um, Kyle Yarncroak as a sort of uh, Swiss Army knife type of guy uh, who can play multiple positions has made an impression. I know Dennis Morgan, if you can believe it. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I have, I have, I. It, it is the funny thing is it has nothing to do with Dennis Morgan as a player, but I just have a negative connotation when it comes to Dennis Morgan because he was traded for Mason Marchment, and the the trade of Mason Marchment is one of the things that if Kyle Dubas gets fired. At the end of the season, that's top on the on the list of things that right. he shouldn't have done. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Those I mean, the so main uh, ones? Yeah. I mean, there are other yeah, players. yeah, because yeah, the goaltending situation. I mean, like you said with Jack Campbell. I mean, the Leafs. I read something just to refresh my memory back to that series against Tampa. There was the two games that they lost by one goal. And the other one, I think it was two goals, right? And they said, like, if you could just get a save at that mm-hmm. moment for that, for those, at least those two games where, where we lost two to one, um, like, that is just a huge, it would obviously may have turned the series. It was only, we were tied, right? Going into game seven, obviously. And uh, yeah, anyhow, we may, we may not have had to go to game seven. But um, what about that um, Pontus Holmberg? I guess, like, is he, I know he doesn't mm-hmm. speak any English, apparently. <laughs> William Nylander is helping him out there. <laughs> well, he's definitely a prospect. I, I put him in the sort of the same category as an Andreas Janssen. Late round draft pick, um, developed in the SHL. He's had a couple really good years over there. Um, they finally got him over to North America. He came over late in, in the regular season for the Marlies. I think he scored four points in six games, so he was impressive there. Um, I think he's in the mix, but the thing with them, with the Leafs right now, is there are players that they want to keep that if they put them on waivers, they're going to get claimed, like Abe Kubel. I don't think they're going to waive him, but players like Nick Robertson and Holmberg and Alex Steves and you know, some of the young players, the benefit for them or the lack of benefit for them is they can clear waivers, they're waiver exempt. And there are players that this team wants to keep. Like I think Zach Aston Reese is going to get a contract. So Holmberg, I think is somebody, if there are injuries during the season, he's going to get called up. He can play center. He can play wing. I think he's you know, he's 23 years old. He's mature enough. And that's why I'm saying he's like Janssen because Janssen played a year in the AHL. He won a Calder Cup with the Marlies. And then he came up to the Leafs. And you know, remember, he played on the in the top six. And I think Holmberg might be able to do that. And he might be somebody who next year with all the unrestricted free agents they have on the roster is somebody who yeah. gets right. a chance. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, he he's looked pretty good, like uh, comfortable, anyways, so far mm-hmm. in the the limited time he's had. So, anyway, uh, moving on to our next question. Um, this is actually a pleasant <laughs> surprise, or maybe not a surprise, given what happened the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on Rasmus Sandin signing his two year deal at one point four million? Uh, do you think? Uh, do you think? Uh, this will, who do you think, sorry, will be his D partner for the, se- for the season? Um, and will an, a trade ultimately have to be made uh, on defense to accommodate any of this? 
Well, the yeah. Timothy Lilligren injury uh, may buy them some time because he's clearly going to be out until, I think they said mid-November. So he's probably mm-hmm. going to go on long-term injury. And if that happens, then they don't have to make a move at least till then. Um, the, the signing, which, I mean, it was a situation where I don't know why he was holding out because he had absolutely no leverage and he wasn't going to get an offer sheet. Um, some people were saying, well, this is payback for, um, you know, them sort of jerking them around and not playing them in the playoffs or not doing this or not doing that. If that's the case, then, you know, that that's, uh, I think that's bad on him and he bad on uh, Lewis Gross, his representative who happens to be the same guy who held William Nylander out for, two months. I considered the contract a victory for Kyle Dubas because they offered him the Lilligren deal in June or July and he turned it down. And in the end, he got the Lilligren contract. He got two, he Mm -hmm. got 2.8 for two years. Um, As for who his defense partner is going to be, I mean, that, that's been the big question because they have four lefties. They, you know, they have, you know, they have the three veterans, Muzzin, Riley, Giordano, now Sandine, you know, on the right side, it's going to be Hall. It's going to be Lilligren when he comes back, and it's going to be Brody. So who's going to be the seventh defenseman? That's why, like I've been saying, it makes sense that they would trade Hall because he's an expiring contract. But then you've got four lefties, and one of those lefties is going to have to play the right side. And I don't know. It's not going to be Mitch Marner who plays the right side. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be you know, somebody who's a lefty like Brody. Uh, who plays the right side, somebody who's going to have to play the right side. I don't know whether that's Sandine or that's Giordano. I think Giordano said in the opening of training camp that he'd be willing to do it. Yeah, I I heard him say that. He said that. But being willing to do it and being good at it are two different things. 100%. (laughs) Because that's actually, that's that's sort of been the the issue all along. Like, I think they've tried a few people, but... To be fair, though, all of these were really short-term experiments. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, too. Like if Sandine, he's he's a youngish guy. Um, he's he's played the right side, I know, for the Marlies when he was there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was hoping that if this was going to be the case, then they would, you know, get him to work on that over the summer kind of thing. But then this whole holdout thing was going on. So who knows about that? But you know, technically, if you're going to get a, a younger player to to do it, that would likely be the thing to do. But you can't just give him like two days or two games and then, you know, flip the switch and say it's not going to work kind of thing. You kind of have to let him screw up a little bit, I think. Yeah. And if you remember last year, he was partnered with Muzzin for one game and yes. Sandine played the right side and it was abysmal. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I think they were on for like the ice for like two or three goals. It just clearly didn't work. And then they went back to, I think, Sandine playing with Lilligren. And that pairing, when they were together for like a 15, 20-game stretch, they were really good. So I don't know whether he can play the right side. I agree with you. I think they should experiment mm-hmm. with that. But I don't know whether they want to go into the season with the uncertainty. I mean, you know, Riley's going to play with Brody. Muzzin's going to play with Hall probably. And then it's, you know... Sandine and Giordano and, uh, you know, one playing the left, one playing the right. And then when Lilligren comes back, then you have a big question. What I also add, and I know that Darren Drager reported it a couple days ago, and it's speculation. It's like, we don't know whether, you know, we, we don't know what the Leafs are going to do until they actually do it. 
but there is talk of them being in on Jacob Chikrin. And if they are in on Jacob Chikrin, who's a lefty who can play the right side, then that would solve some problems because Chikrin would be in the top four. They'd probably have mm-hmm. to give up one of Lilligren or Sandine in the deal on top of somebody else, but it would solidify their top four. So I, it's, it's a long shot. There's like nine teams that are mm-hmm. in on Chikrin, but you know he would be he would be a nice piece to have. Chikrin. Yeah, so I guess Chikrin we'll doesn't have to wait and see does, on that. He's said that he wants to be traded, right? From what I remember, right? He just doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Play, yeah. Yeah. Want, well, playing in the 5,000. I mean, uh, <laughs> playing play at a, <laughs> yeah, in a, in a, in a shoebox in Tempe. Yeah. That's a, that's brilliant. I mean, that organization shouldn't be there, but, uh, but yeah, he wants to go to a contender. And I mean, the, the attractive quality for Chikrin is he's got, this year and two more years at four point six million dollars. That's less than yeah. Brody. That's less than Muzzin. That's that's mm-hmm. you know, and that's why Arizona is going to yeah. get a yeah. a ton. What for about him. what do you think of Riley right yeah. now? I guess in the last couple of practices, he's been playing on the right side apparently. Um, well, he's done, he's done that in the past, and maybe that's the that's the short term solution. I mean, if they you know if that's the case, then I know that I think at practice oh, he played okay. with Muzzin. Um, and, and then now, so that, so does that mean, you know, Brody plays with Sandine or Brody mm-hmm. plays with Giordano? I mean, that's, that, that pairing was together a long time in Calgary. So that might be, I mean, right now they're just, they're just throwing stuff yeah. at the wall and seeing what sticks. So this mm-hmm. is the time, this is the time to experiment. That's why, you know, I know that they were thrown into a situation where two <laughs> defensemen went down. Um, but you know, they're putting yarn croak and yeah. Kerfoot on, on the blue line and they're talking about using Marner. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's <laughs> fantasy stuff. I mean, if I see that, yeah, I'll be, I'll yeah no, everybody, of course it's Leaf station, yeah. right? So we all get, and the Leafs media too, they all get up in arms when they see all these different things, right? Something for us to talk about. <laughs> I mean, we're. Yeah. Hey, I'm writing about it. <laughs> Why not? I'm writing about it. What the hell? Well, we were they were saying <laughs> compare Marner to Fedorov, Sergei Fedorov of the Wings back in the day when when Bowman put him on mm-hmm. the put it on D. Mm-hmm. But then I heard too that uh Bowman yeah. didn't like Fedorov or something to that effect. So I was like, and that's why he put him back there. But that's another story, I guess. <laughs> mm, I, I don't know. I don't know if Scotty Bowman liked anybody. He didn't like Guy Lafleur. He didn't like Robinson. It's like you know, if you if you're waiting for Scotty Bowman to like you, I think you know. I don't think he liked anybody in no. Buffalo. That's why he lost here. But <laughs> that's anyway. right. Yeah, he was the coach of the Sabers too. How long was he coach there? He was- yeah, do um, well, he was coach or general manager for five years, and of course, Buffalo is the only place. That he, as coach or general manager, did not get to the Stanley Cup final. Mm. He got there with St. Louis. He got there with Montreal, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and when he was advisor, Chicago. The only place that he couldn't good win Buffalo, was right? good old Buffalo. So, thank you. <laughs> so thank that's, you, Scott. That's thank you, yeah, Scott. We're happy about that, too. <laughs> okay. So, mm. moving back to the league. Thanks. The, um, and you mentioned the name, actually, Nick Robertson. What do you think of his camp so far? He mm. played pretty well last night in that game in Belleville um and uh <laughs> yeah the Marlies versus yeah. the, yeah. the the Senators Do you think he's shown enough team? to make the team though I don't know I'm mm, I I don't know see this is this is the dilemma with Nick Robertson I think he's got a ton of talent uh, I think he is sort of slowly ramped up uh he didn't have a particularly great 
uh, rookie tournament in Traverse City. I think he probably thought he was like, you know, been there, done that. That's my third time here. It's like I want to get to camp and I want to impress. And he started off slowly, but then you know, two goals yesterday. He's he's putting the puck in the net. The dilemma with Nick Robertson is the fact that he, to be the most successful, has to play in the top six. He has to be in a scoring role. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't think he'd be good in a third or fourth line role because yeah. there's a not enough ice time, and b he's not good enough defensively at this point. And right now, uh, Michael Bunting is going to play on the Matthews and Marner line. I'd be shocked if there's any change to that because that line has been so successful. And I believe it's either going to be Alex Kerfoot or Kali Yarncroak on the second line when Tavares gets back. And in the interim, probably Kerfoot moves to the middle. Yarncroak plays on the second line. Um, you know, if, if they think Robertson is ready, that might be the spot where he gets an opportunity for a couple weeks while Tavares is out and Kerfoot's playing in the middle. And if he makes enough of an impression, maybe he earns a spot. But I think the fact that, you know, he's not a fully developed player in terms of his two-way game is something that's going to hinder him unless he's just like scoring like every shift he's out there and then they can't deny him. But I do think that the defensive part of the game, especially on a line with William Nealander, who we know has, uh, you know, consistent brain cramps when it comes to the defensive zone, they can't have two guys like that on the same line. So that that's why I think it's going to be important to have a, a defensively responsible guy on that line. And Nick Robertson is too young. Uh, to be defensively, he's improved, but he's not defensively yeah, responsible yeah. at this point. I would say though, like uh, watching him though, like he does look different mm-hmm. than he did last year. Like uh, that bit of weight he put on, probably uh, he just looks definitely looks stronger, yes. and he, his skating just does not look as wild. Like he looks like more efficient out there than he than he looked last year. Um, but you know that's. That's that's a step, but like you're saying, is might maybe not not quite enough. But the fact that he is obviously putting in the work, uh, he's going to get his chance eventually. And of course, like you mentioned before, the cap situation it doesn't help his cause really either. So, um, you know, maybe yeah. we will see him up and down during the year. Then, if, yeah. if not, you know, making the the team outright in camp. Well, we talked when Tavares comes back. We talked to him before the rookie tournament, and he, he talked about, you know, he built up his upper body. He didn't put a ton of weight on. He didn't want to uh, slow himself down, but he put he mm-hmm. definitely worked out and um, built up his upper body and his, uh, you know, like core and lower body as well, because he's going to have to fight uh, against uh, bigger forwards. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's sort of shown off, but I do think that the ability, you know, their their situation in terms of the cap, um, I don't know how long, Tavar- if Tavares is on, if they, they put him on LTIR, that keeps him out the first three weeks of the season. That might be what they do, and then they have some wiggle room to keep players up, and maybe Robertson gets his opportunity at that point. But I do think what they want, since, you know, every year mm-hmm. he's been injured. I mean, ever, you know, the, that first year when he scored 55 goals with Peter Byrne and then came up and played for the Leafs in the bubble, you know, he was healthy and had a fantastic year. But every year since then, he's, you know, he got hurt in the first game in Ottawa. Then he breaks his leg in like the second, I think it was first or second game with the Marlies last year. And he played fantastic, but he, he didn't come back till February. So they need him to, they need him to prove that he's durable and that he's consistent. And if he does that, then I think, you know, with all the open spots next year, he's going to have one of them. But this year, things are going to have to fall right for that to happen. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, so you sort of touched on this a little bit uh, earlier and, you know, we were just talking about uh, Robertson and his injuries. So that's a perfect segue mm-hmm. for our our next question, which is about the injury situation on the club right now. So there's quite a few players that have been injured during and even before preseason. So Tavares being the, the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see are the pros and cons of, of this injury situation uh, with regards to the club? I don't know if there are many pros, but I mean, the one, the, <laughs> the one thing that I can say is, you know, they, they sort of are in a good situation where they have a lot of flexibility. They have, you know, they have two players in Yarncroak and Kerfoot that can plug in throughout the lineup, you know, second line through fourth line, center or wing. So they have the versatility and flexibility that in the interim, um, you know, Kerfoot moves to the middle, covers Tavares, like, you know, happened in the playoffs a few years ago. Um, and Kerfoot has played with Neilander, so there's a familiarity there. You fit somebody like Yarncroak maybe on the left wing, and your top six is fine until Tavares gets back. Um, I think they're prepared for that. Uh, they have multiple players who can play multiple positions. Now, a guy like Engvall, I think they're going to miss. I mean, I don't know. Right now, it sounds like he you know, might be back early in the season. I saw him at uh, the FPC uh, one of the first days of training camp, and he was very gingerly skating. So I don't know how far along he is and how much time Do you know, do you know what, what happened? Take. What's wrong with him? But, anyway, what did he do? <laughs> uh, oh. Ankle. It was okay. an ankle. It was an ankle injury that he had in training okay. in Sweden. So mm-hmm. um, that so could take a while. That could take. Yeah, he he was on the ice, so that was encouraging. I mean, the Liljegren thing, I think, threw them yeah. for a loop because they discovered he had a hernia when they when he came to Toronto and he complained of some sort of abdom- abdominal pain. So they looked into it and they found he had a hernia and they had they addressed it surgically right away. But it's a six six week injury in terms of recovery and then you got to ramp up again so you know you're talking two months and that was two months from mid-september so you know he's probably going to be out until mid-november um and the thing that's also concerning is the, the defense are dropping like flies yeah. i mean jordy jordy ben who you know i think was probably penciled in as the seventh defenseman uh so jordy ben carl dahlstrom who was called up a couple times last year I and he's going to have surgery, isn't he? Um, I hadn't heard that, but uh, that's thought not... thought I heard mm-hmm. that he's going to have surgery. Yeah, Dahlstrom, was, Dahlstrom was, a sh- was a shoulder, Ben was an yeah. ankle. And then I heard last night that uh, Victor Mete left oh, the wow. game. So I don't know if that... Oh, yeah. Now, I'll tell you, know, I don't know. I haven't heard anything in terms of the severity of that injury. But let's just say this. If Victor Mete is playing for them, they're in trouble. Because Victor Mete is not an yeah. NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, under, I understand why they got him. He, I think he was a guy that they brought in to basically be like the TJ Brennan, you know, go down to the Marlies and be a, a 25 minute a night defenseman. And if you need a defenseman throughout the year with NHL experience, you call him up for a game or two. But if he has to play a number of games, they're in trouble. Cause he's, I, I don't think he's a very good, uh, NHL defenseman, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it's all hitting at once and it's all hitting the depth. And if like one guy goes down and, you know, I know everybody's complaining about Muzzin, um, Muzzin skating. I think Muzzin's probably going to play in a game before the pre, before the preseason is over with. They were, you know, I mean, I don't blame the Leafs for being like, why would you put him through mm-hmm. suicides, like skating back and forth? Yeah. You know, why would you put him through like a game against uh, yeah. the Belleville Senators? 
I mean, mm-hmm. why? it's stupid. You know, he's a he's a he's a defenseman in his mid thirties. He's had injury issues. You avoid that kind of stuff, and it's un- yeah. It, it's unfortunate that they have to call it an injury, though, because really from, you know, hearing him talk about it, this is like back issues that he's always had. Right. So really, it's more load management. Exactly. If you're going to use that, you know, term from basketball or whatever. Um, but like you're saying, it's like that's really what it is, is that it's it's kind of managing his time um, and putting him into only necessary situations, I guess. Yeah, I, I, and that's smart. You, you have to, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably not going to play. I'll, I'll, you know, not going to would, but he's probably not going to play 82 games. He's probably going to yeah. play 60 or 65. You know, you expect that there are going to be some injuries. You hope it's not concussion because, we, you know, he had two concussions last year and that was scary. But he played really good in the playoffs. So I, I think that, you know, if they're going to make a – a dash in the playoffs. They're going to need Jake Muzzin healthy when uh, April and May right. come around. And mm-hmm. I have actually, I'm going to, well, you already touched on the goaltending part. So I'm going to ask a different question as our, uh, one of the final questions we have mm-hmm. um, kind of <laughs> looking, projecting. Do you think this is actually like, this is the last kick of the can for Kyle Dubas? Like, cause he doesn't have the contract and um, yeah, just, what this season means uh, for for this team and the group that he's basically believed in for since he's signed them basically like is this is this it will he will he be done if they don't get past the first round yeah i, I i'm i'm not going out on a limb and saying that you know the Kyle Davis yeah. is singing for a supper here. Um, I, I i you know i've always been appreciative of the job that he has done but really it's a results oriented business and the result here is advancing in the playoffs and until that specter is is uh, eliminated um then you know i mean he i think he's done a really good job i think that you know the mark hunter era in terms of player development and drafting uh if you look back other than the first round picks really they did they didn't get many mm-hmm. players that that turned out to be anything whereas i think that uh, dubas has done a pretty good job if you look like the hervinans and the nimalas and you know some of the kids that are uh, probably a year or two away you know this, the organization has some prospects that are that are uh, i think you know very very tempting, very uh, pop, yeah, and Matthew Nyes and Nick Robertson. So they're, they, he's done a good job in terms of other than first round picks. But again, it's a results oriented business, and they haven't won in the in the playoffs. And we don't know what they're you know who they're going to come up against in the first round. I think I'm not going out yeah. on a limb and saying I think they're going to make the playoffs. But if they come up against yeah. Tampa or Florida, they're going to be the underdog again, and they have and. That is up to the players. That is up to the players that Kyle Dubas has believed in. And I've been an advocate, and uh, yeah, as I'm sure you know, we've interacted over the last few years. You know that I'm somebody who has advocated trading William Nealander, not because he's not a good player, but because this team needed to be sort of more multidimensional and they needed to improve in areas. And the only way to do that was to trade Nealander for those players or open up the cap space to be able to address those areas. They, you know, that Kyle Dubas has yeah. put up his reputation and his job uh, based on keeping that core four and Morgan Riley and hoping that they have yeah. success. We'll see if they if they do, he's going to get a long term extension. If they don't, you're going to see a clean sweep of Dubas being fired and Keith being fired. Uh, I think Shanahan is going to stay no matter what, and then 
You know, we'll see who the new general manager is. But I hope, you know, for, for Kyle's sake that they have success. I think that they could, but it's all, you know, it depends on injuries. It depends on who they come up against in the playoffs. And that's going to be, you know, that's yeah. who knows. What's yeah, and like you said, there. it's really, it's on the players yeah. themselves because he's obviously put himself out there, like you said, uh, like every year he comes out saying the same thing that he believes in this group of players that he be- and and just shuffling the deck chairs around them basically um but yeah i mean the it's going to come obviously there's two things it's them mainly the core four as they call them and the uh and the goaltending obviously this goaltending said he's never really had mm-hmm. um Except for my favorite goalie, Freddie. Freddie Anderson. I I know he gets injured in the playoffs, but he's back again. I see him there in in Carolina, but um <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll be great until April. Yeah, but Kyle Dubas hasn't had much luck with the uh on his with the goaltending in his uh era here, so uh, as as GM. So Well, let's just uh wait and see yeah. how things yeah. unfold this season. Yeah. So I mean, the anyway, one. So the one. The one I'll say the, the one encouraging thing about the goaltending is, I don't think they're expecting Matt Murray to come in and play sixty games. This is a situation where Matt Murray is going to probably play forty-five to fifty. Sam Sonoff is going to play like 30, 30 to thirty-five. Um, they're both. They both have experience. They both have a lot of talent. But obviously, if a team doesn't qualify a goaltender that they drafted in the first round who's 24 or 25 years old. They didn't think, you know, they didn't think he was worth it or, you know, they had a problem with him. And obviously Matt Murray in Ottawa, you know, there were issues there, you know, with his, with his dad passing away and, you know, yeah. injuries and, uh, and other things. Um, but he had a, the thing is, look at his year. He had a great year until the last game when he gave up eight goals against Arizona and, and, before that, his save percentage was like 916 or 917. It was better than Jack Campbell's. And then his save mm-hmm. percentage went down under 910 because of one game. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's uh, sad that that's the last, that, that was like the last game. Like, ev- that's the thing. It's that recency bias. That's what everybody remembers, right. too. You know, like, it's not like Jack Campbell didn't have any games where he gave yeah. up that many goals. Yeah. In a more and important he's game. He's won a couple even. of Stanley Cups, right? <laughs> so. so. Right. So he can't, uh, I know it was, well, I guess he took, he had, he was more of a backup during the season, I think with Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know for both seasons, but I think for one of them anyways, behind Fleury. And then he kind of. Yeah. The one year, the one, yeah, the one year they split time and then he was the goalie in the playoffs. And then the second year Fleury was the goalie early in the playoffs when he was hurt. And then he came in and he won in the conference final in the Stanley cup. So, you know, he, he, yeah, he earned those two. Right, cups. exactly. It wasn't like he was back up on them, so he's got a yeah. he's he's got a pedigree, and you can't yeah. you can't yeah. say that right. he doesn't. Okay, well, we're gonna see how things go, and uh, of course, we always reserve the right to have <laughs> you on again to discuss uh, how things are going with the Leafs as uh, we are now turning the corner towards the season. Um, Mike, we want to thank you again so much for joining us today and uh, giving us your your you know inside info on uh, on all of all things Leafs. Yeah. So thank you so much. It's my distinct pleasure, and any anytime you want me. I'll- I'll, I'll try to avoid, <laughs> right. avoid your messages. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Mike for coming on the show. Mike's insights on the team connect with many Leafs fans, and we enjoy listening to his podcast and reading his blog on HockeyBus.com. 
Yes, Mike is a fountain of knowledge, and we are always happy when he can make time for us and be on our show so that you guys can hear all the interesting uh, tidbits that he has to say. All right, so now we're going to give you an update on what we have planned for Season 4 of Ladies Talking Leafs. Uh, one thing that we are working on is having a lot more guests on the show this season. Um, being part of Believe Network is actually giving us a, a lot of great opportunities to have more guests and on our show. And also, we're going to have the opportunity to be guests on other shows. So t- stay tuned for information on all of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be exciting um, to, to be able to have uh, people on, on the show and and give you the listeners, um, I guess, just more information about different uh, d- different opinions about the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we also want to bring attention to our YouTube channel. So uh, you can listen to our show on YouTube where we have a lot of um, we also have a lot of video content there, including interviews from Hockey Time Machine, where we were guests on the show. And you can find out more about us by watching those interviews. And our YouTube channel also has uh, video content from games that games that we've attended last season, uh, things like the celebration after Matthews scored his 50th goal um, and when the team got their franchise record 50th win. Uh, we're going to be posting a lot more video on our YouTube from games we attend, so be sure to subscribe to our channel for that as well. Yeah, and there might be some other big news in the new year for that, to, for mm-hmm. our YouTube channel, so be sure to subscribe. Don't miss it. <laughs> and another thing we're working on is a road trip. <laughs> we're, it's in the planning stages. So uh, right now we'll keep you posted on this through social media. Hopefully it works out. Um, of course, we also plan on restarting our travel segment on the road with Chris and Sill, where we highlight some NHL cities that we visited and cheered on our Leafs. Final thing we want to highlight is our website, ladiestalkingleafs.com, which we are updating on an ongoing basis with new content in our blog section. We're always looking for new ways to improve the show. So if you have any ideas, please go ahead and DM us or email us at ladiestalkingleafs at gmail.com. It's going to be a really fun season and we're going to have some fun now with our third period segment with some rapid fire questions. So I'm going to be... Just putting out some questions to Chris there and see uh, what she thinks about what's going to, what potentially will happen with our Leafs this season. So my first question to you. I'm ready for it. All right. So my first question (laughs) to you, Chris, is is based on, is a goaltending question. Okay. So last season, um, the basically Murray and Samsonov together posted 28 wins for their respective clubs as, as a pair. Um, do you think, what do you think the over under for their uh, wins this year will be? Will it be over 30 games one between the two of them or under? Mm. So together. Yes. 30 Oh, it has to be over, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I so still they're, think they're so- going to. Sorry, explain again. They're, they're going to eclipse their their uh, yes. their win total last year. Yes. As long as they yeah. stay so healthy. Let's just say they better. Yeah. They better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they're not, that's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they have. Yeah. They have to be healthy. 
I mean, as long as they're healthy, because yep. there's not really another option um, beyond them except for Eric's Shulgren. Although I saw on waivers today, uh, Malcolm Subban cleared waivers and mm-hmm. um, Zach Fukali is another goalie. I think he cleared waivers today, too, with Washington. Not to say that they're so much better options, but hey, uh, they're there and they both cleared waivers as well as Willie's uh, brother cleared waivers, changing the subject there. But yeah, no, I think okay. over, uh, it has to be over, like you said. Yeah. All right. So last year we had 54 wins. So yeah, so we need, we need to be over 30 for sure. Yeah. Um, so going back to how we did last year. So we finished, uh, the season with 115 points. So will we finish above that? So a better season or are we going to be below that? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know that we're going to be above. We're going to be close mm-hmm. to the same, I think. Maybe just okay. under. I'll say just under. Because all right, it's going to be, I think it's going to be take them a little bit to adjust in the beginning there with all these injuries now. That, uh, oh, and mm-hmm. yes, you were supposed to apologize for the injuries too. The injury. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that in, yes, I- in a bit, but. Yeah, Sylvia will apologize for <laughs> what she said in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's going okay. to be under, but close to the same. Okay, yeah. you're getting me off my game here with that. Um, <laughs> okay, so basically, we know that the Leafs, I, I really hope that they do do better than that because they, like, I think we need to have the our di- we need to win the division i think that's basically what they need to go for this year uh yeah. but the last season we had a really really slow start so do you expect them to have a a, a fast start like a hot start this year or are we going to be uh struggling at the beginning do you think yeah i think we're going to be a little bit slow out of the gate um i mean i hope he gets wrong but it's just these like i said before these injuries that have unfortunately popped up uh with the with the lines although it's good to see sandine back now uh today on the ice mm-hmm. he was there he basically must have just jumped off the plane and went right <laughs> right to the uh practice facility because he was in practice today and and he apparently gained quite a bit of weight he went he said he went from 175 pounds to 194 so uh wow he, yeah it's quite a bit so Hope it doesn't um, slow him down yeah yeah, so, but I think we're going to be a little bit slower out of the gate um, um, this season because just because of the injuries and just with the goaltending situation. I don't know. Well, with the new tandem pairing, that sort of thing, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher, but uh, who knows? And we have a tougher, we have a bit of a tough schedule in the beginning of the season, too. That is true. That yeah. is true. Okay, so another question for you. Do you think uh, Mitch will top 100 points this season? Yes, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) And we better not hear any complaints from Leafs Nation about Mitch Marner. Yes, definitely not. Do you think that Keefe will reunite Marner with Tavares at some point this season? Hmm. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say just, right. uh, just because. So how, how long do you think it will take for that to happen? 
Well, it might take because Tavares is injured now. Yeah. So when true. he comes back from injury, whatever, I think he's gonna he's gonna give it a few games for him to play with Willie and Kerfoot or whoever plays mm-hmm. the left side, whether it be Robertson or Yarn Croak or whoever. Um, so when when he comes back, he's probably gonna give them at least three or four games. And we'll go from there. I don't know. And then he might need to jumpstart him a little bit if if mm-hmm. things don't go well with with JT and Willie being there. Usual pairing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, does Zach Aston Reese uh, basically get a roster spot? Make a, from what everybody's saying, I mean, I can only go by what, what they're saying and they're saying, yes, that he will. He played really well the other night in Belleville Mm -hmm. versus the senator. So, so um, yeah, I think Kyle Dubas will have to work it now. Work his, uh, him and uh what's the what's our contract guy's name again Pridham. yeah brandon Pridham. Pridham. we'll have to work some mm-hmm. magic to get under magic. the cap yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and and get, okay and, sign and then last question yeah uh does matthew nyes uh make an appearance with the club at the end of the season once his season's over i want him to <laughs> but I don't know if he does. I don't know. Okay. I don't. It's it's possible. I don't know. I can't say yes or no, but I have to. Okay, I'll say no. Mm-hmm. I'll say he say won't no. because they just want to. I think by then our our lineup will be going well, mm-hmm. and there won't be a need for that. He can uh, he can he can join the Marlies. I think right. After that, I think so. Or can he? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to look I'm into not that. Sure, we'll have to we'll have to check into that. What the yeah, rules are there? Mike, but uh, Mike in Buffalo, there he he probably knows that. We can maybe ask him yeah, next yeah. time. And oh, actually, I do have one more question. Yeah. Yes or no? Austin gets another rocket. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. Sure. We're going to be positive with that. Well, some people are saying he's going to get like a, some people are saying that he's going to get like 70 goals. I don't know about that, but well, it's, if he stays healthy for the whole season, sky's the limit really. True, cuz he missed he missed 9 games last season, I think. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and had a slow start because of the wrist. Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. not going to there's nothing holding him back right now. Yeah. So, it's it's all yeah. possible. Yeah. But then sky's the limit there. But then, of course, it's all about the playoffs, right? <laughs> yes. So he needs to, and he did. He played well in the playoffs uh, last season, both him and Marner. So they just need to keep it going and stay healthy. Well, that was fun. Well, we're not going to worry about that yet. No, no. But that was fun. I like that mm-hmm. with the questions, but rapid fire questions. But it's just the beginning. Um, Our new new episode, we're going to be announcing the winner of our anniversary contest. Yay! (laughs) If uh, thank you for entering everyone who who entered. And uh, if you did enter, you could be hearing from us soon. So be sure to check your social media DM and uh, and good luck. Of course, we're also really excited for opening night on October 12th and the Leafs home opener on October 13th. That's going to be Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a back-to-back, which is a little bit tough, but yeah, 
That's okay. It's uh it's interesting um interesting uh opening night opponent in Washington. We're yeah. used to more of a divisional matchup, but anyway, so maybe that will bring us good luck. Anyway, we'll be there. So subscribe to our YouTube for some video uh, content of opening night with Ladies Talking Leafs. And we also want to wish our Canadian listeners a happy Thanksgiving uh, coming up as well. Yeah. Yeah. I almost forgot to actually say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I was like, well, I'm like, oh my gosh, it just, uh, it's Cold weather, I guess, got, gets the feeling of Thanksgiving going. It's getting cooler now. But um, mm-hmm. anyhow, we hope you enjoyed our show. We want you to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our handle is at LTL1917. And a reminder to be sure to leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find our link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders, as always, for everything that they do. And thank you so much, as always, to you, our listeners. But for now, go, go Leafs, go! Do you believe? Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.